You're listening to the official podcast of Church Untitled, located in downtown Vancouver. We are a community set apart to bear His name, in our city, for His glory. We hope that you're blessed and enriched by this message. We thank you for the power of your word, abundant God, and we cherish it. So would you speak to us this morning? directly from heaven. We need a word from you in order to move forward into all the things that you've called us to. Thank you, Lord, that you've entrusted me with a word this morning. And I pray that in the moments to come, I would steward it well. And that we would all incline our ears to what you would have to say to us this morning. In Jesus' name, amen. Wow. I'm just struck this morning at um, just from beginning to announcements to just how God's been speaking and and just how much our church loves our city. Like we really, really love our city and we're not a church that's set up um, just to play games and, and comfort, ourse- comfort ourselves, but we're here rallying together to go to war for our city. And I, I feel like today's word is just another step for us, another um, word from the Lord of how to move forward. Um, and even this week, I was just so struck with how much God loves our city and and maybe this language of kingdom of heaven and, and this Christian language might be new to you but what all we mean is that we believe that God has a beautiful future for Vancouver he has a beautiful beautiful future for our world and the way that he wants to establish that future of hope of beauty of love to our world is through us because we are his image here on earth and man, I don't, I don't know if you feel that anticipation, if you feel that hope for our city, but I, I hope that after today, that that anticipation, that faith would grow, that faith would grow, that God can do exceedingly abundantly more than we could ever possibly imagine, that, that maybe he is just that good, that his grace is more gracious than we could ever think, that his mercy is more merciful, that his power is more powerful than we could ever think. He's better than we could think. And he's a God that just, we think we have God figured out. We think we've read the Bible enough times to know exactly who God is. But time and time again, he breaks our boxes and breaks our boundaries of how he works. And he colors outside the lines. And there's so much more for us. Um, and so today, I, I'm going to teach from Acts 10. And um, after I read this passage, you can... You can chill out. (laughs) Um, But I believe that sometimes God presents pretty confounding situations in front of us. And so there's an example here in Acts 10, 9 to 20. It says this. About noon the following day, as they were on their journey and approaching the city, Peter went up on the roof to pray. He became hungry and wanted something to eat. And while the meal was being prepared, he fell into a trance. He saw heaven opened and something like a large sheet being let down to earth by its four corners. It contained all kinds of four-footed animals as well as reptiles and birds. Then a voice told him, get up, Peter, kill and eat. Surely not, Lord, Peter replied. I have never eaten anything impure or unclean. The voice spoke to him a second time. Do not call anything impure that God has made clean. 
This happened three times and immediately the sheet was taken back to heaven. And while Peter was wondering about the meaning of the vision, the men sent by Cornelius, sent, uh, Cornelius found out where Simon's house was and stopped at the gate. They called out, asking if Simon, who was known as Peter, was staying there. And while Peter was still thinking about the vision, the Spirit said to him, Simon, three men are looking for you. So get up and go downstairs. Do not hesitate to go with them, for I have sent them. Talk about being hangry, about being hungry, praying with the Lord and seeing this insane vision of a sheet coming down from heaven and animals and reptiles and God saying, get up and eat. This was a, a really confounding situation for Peter. And I feel like sometimes this is how the Spirit leads us and this is how the Spirit works. Sometimes God presents confounding situations that are offensive to our minds. You have to know that um, in Jewish custom, Peter was a Jew and he followed, he was a devout Jew and he followed the customs of the day. And he was a disciple of Jesus. And he would have followed every single rule that was laid out before the Jews, that there were certain clothes that you were not allowed to wear because you had to remain set apart and clean. There were certain animals, like we just read, that they weren't allowed to eat. There were certain people that they weren't allowed to associate themselves with because they had to remain set apart and pure. And for all his life, for years upon years, decades and centuries, this was what the Jews thought, that there was a set of things that they had to follow and they could not break them. And this was a way of life that they, they adhered to day after day after day in order to please the heart of God. But in this passage, we see a vision that the Holy Spirit gives Peter that completely confused him. In um, verse 17, it says, While Peter was wondering about the meaning of the vision, the men from Cornelius found out where Simon's house was and stopped at the gate. That while Peter was wondering about what this vision meant, in other translations in the Bible, it, it actually says that Peter was perplexed. It actually said that he, the Spirit showed him this vision and he was just utterly confused. Because how is it that for all my life, I followed these laws and traditions and it was ingrained in his thought that he had to follow these things. But all of a sudden, God presents to him this vision that says, look, Peter, there are these animals coming and now kill and eat. Do not call anything I have called pure unclean. This was completely confounding to Peter. Have you ever been in these situations where you've been completely confused at what God is actually doing? Right? Can we all agree that sometimes we go through life and we're presented with things that just confuse us and we, we ask, where, God, are you in this situation? And I would say that God presents us with these situations, but he doesn't do this to torture us. He doesn't do this to confuse us. But there's purpose in these situations and it's in order to reveal what we really believe and that God wants to offer us something better. The point is not confusion. The point is that God wants to offer us something better. God doesn't want to torture us with these situations. But he's okay with us being confused for a little bit. He's okay with that. Because sometimes we need these situations to offend our minds because sometimes we sing songs like, God, you're good. God, you're never going to let us down. And we think we believe those words until we come up into a situation that reveal that maybe we actually don't because fear comes up, anxiety comes up, question comes up, doubt comes up from within us. 
and it reveals what we actually really believe. But there are places that God wants to move us as we move forward in this city, as we move forward into the future that God has for our lives and for the city of Vancouver. There are things that we need to let go of. As Bonnie actually said, that there are things and ideas and thoughts and opinions, ways of thinking, beliefs that we have to let go of in order to move forward into the promises of God for our life and for the city. But sometimes these beliefs are just unconscious. They're laying beneath the surface and dormant. And we don't actually realize what we believe until we're confronted with a situation like Peter was that completely perplexed and confused us. See, sometimes God allows us to be disrupted. And disruption is not a threat. We have to know this. Disruption is actually an invitation from God to see a greater and more beautiful reality. Disruption is an invitation into the greater kingdom come, the greater promises that God has for us. And again, I just want to reiterate that God does not confuse us on purpose. I don't believe that God inflicts pain, that God inflicts sickness, that God inflicts chaos, but sometimes he sends us into those places. He sends us into those places. And actually, I feel like the experience of pain sometimes comes up because of our active resistance against the situations that are in front of us. Lately, I feel like I've been praying that, God, would you just take away the unnecessary pain that I'm experiencing in my life? Because, yeah, sometimes there are pain. There is pain, and it's going to happen. But I think sometimes I just create for myself pain that doesn't really need to be there because I'm actively resisting what I just need to surrender to, what I just need to comply to and move forward in. And there are things in our life that we experience, pains and struggles and suffering that are actually, they don't need to be experienced if we would just only trust and let go and move forward into what God has for us. See, disruption is not a threat. It's an invitation. This situation, this passage in Acts 10, the vision that Peter had, it was not a threat to his way of life. Peter was the one that Jesus said that I will build my church. I will build my church upon you, Peter. I will give you the revelation of the kingdom. And through you, the gospel message will move forward and you will birth my church. And he entrusted this message to Peter. And in this situation, God gives Peter a vision, a vision that completely perplexes him. But as we move on in this passage, we see that through this vision, God is revealing that his kingdom is so much bigger than Peter realizes. That in, in the Jewish tradition, they thought the people that were only able to receive salvation were the Jews, the people that followed the letter of the law to the T. But in this vision, God says, do not say that anything I have made clean is unclean. And in the following um, parts of this passage, Peter meets these people that come to his door that are sent by a man, a Roman man named Cornelius. And so Peter follows these two men back to Cornelius's house. And you have to also, again, understand this. It was completely unacceptable at that time for Peter to associate with people like Cornelius because Cornelius was not a Jew. He was considered unclean. But he followed what the Spirit of the Lord was saying, although it was completely contrary to what he thought God was saying. 
And he followed and he moved forward and related and moved into Cornelius's house. And Cornelius said that God had told me, Peter, that you were going to give me a word. So what is this word? And so, so Peter enters his house and it suddenly clicks that all of a sudden he realizes that this Gentile man, Cornelius, is not unclean. God has called him clean and that God wants to include more people into this kingdom. He wants to include more people into this kingdom than just the Jews. He's including the whole world. This kingdom is so much more big, so much more grand than we could possibly ever imagine. And in the passage following, Peter gives the gospel message to Cornelius. And as he gives this gospel message, it says that the Holy Spirit fell on the Gentiles. It fell on the people who the Jewish thought that thought were not able to receive the Holy Spirit. And the Holy Spirit falls on these people and suddenly Peter realizes, wow, God's kingdom is so much bigger than I thought. And this church includes so much more people than I could ever think and imagine. And it's because Peter was able to move through this disruption, able to move through this situation that was completely perplexing to him and follow the Spirit of God that he was able to realize and receive the inbreaking of this great kingdom of God. And I believe it's the same in our lives. That as we're presented with situations that are completely dumbfounding to us, like we're looking at the evidence around us, and it looks like God is not in this. God, I, th I thought you looked like this. I thought you operated like this. This situation is not lining up. But as we move into the places of mystery, I believe that God wants to reveal a greater reality and a greater truth. God wants to use us to release his kingdom here on earth as it is in heaven. That he's given all of us a measure of authority here on earth, a measure to influence our world for the good and the future of our city. Um, here's our... <laughs> Here's a cheesy quote for the day, but I, I believe it's powerful. Dailyinspirations.com. Watch your thoughts for they become words. Watch your words for they become actions. Watch your actions for they become habits. Watch your habits for they become your character. And watch your character for it becomes your destiny. See, our thoughts matter. What we believe matters. And we all have a worldview, whether we have actively constructed it ourselves or not, whether it's conscious or subconscious, we all have a worldview, we all have a mindset, we all have an underlying belief system in which our lives operate and our thoughts matter. Because our thoughts become our words, our words become our actions, our actions, our habits, our habits, our character, and our character, our destiny. So what we think and what we believe manifests here on earth. And so it's so important for us to see things the way God sees it to have the mind of Christ, as the Bible says, to see things from his perspective. Because if we do not have the right mindsets and the right way of viewing things, the kingdom of God cannot be manifest here on earth. He needs us to think accurately and properly. And this is why, again, sometimes God presents in front of us situations that don't make sense. Because he needs us to see what we actually believe. He needs to offend our minds to say, hey, actually, you think you trust me, but actually, you don't trust me, and I need you to. You think you see things this way, but you don't actually, and I need you to see things my way because you have a measure of authority here in the city of Vancouver. 
And you, we need to begin to think properly and accurately and precisely the way God sees our city in order for our city to look like God wants it to look. We have to align our minds to the truth of God in order for our lives to align with the reality of God in our lives. It's so important. It's so important because with the way we view our world, this is the way we interact with our world. There's a concept in the kingdom of God called reaping what you sow. We reap what we sow. We interact with our world. And it's like this symbiotic relationship that our actions produce and manifest something in our world and it comes back to us. And so if we want to manifest goodness, if we want to manifest hope and love and the kingdom of God here in our city, it's important that we think properly. And it's important that when God confronts us with situations that offend our minds, we don't resist, but we recognize what God is doing and we move forward because there's a greater truth that is about to be revealed. God wants to move us into a greater reality. The promise of the future is too grand and it's too beautiful for God to cater to our comfort. The promise of the future is too grand and too beautiful for God to cater to our comfort. He wants to reveal the truth to us. And sometimes we get so uncomfortable that we prefer to stay in our familiar place of comfort and not move forward into the truth. God isn't purposefully making things confusing for us. The word says that God is a God of order, of peace, and he's not a God of confusion. I just want to propose that maybe we're confused because we're just dumb. Like, maybe we just don't understand yet. And I think we have to be okay with the fact that we don't have it all together. That there are things in our minds that need to be corrected. And we're not confused because God is trying to make it confusing. We're confused because we're dumb. And we're finite. But God wants to train us. He wants to make us smart. He wants to... He wants to Give us a sharp mind that thinks the way he thinks. And we're, we're feeling uncomfortable, not because God is making it uncomfortable, but it's just the natural response of our human nature. That God is giving us a greater reality, but it's, it's coming up against the edges of our frame of, frame of mind. It's coming up against the edges of our current construct. And it's this friction between the grand reality of what he wants to give us and the finite current state of our minds. So I don't think it's fair for us to complain when feelings of discomfort come. Because we're all tempted when those moments come to complain. There's a story in the book of Numbers about the Israelites spying. Twelve spies were sent to look at the, the land of Canaan that was going to be the promised land. And God sent 12 spies and said, I will give this land to you. And they went into the land. Ten people saw the land and saw it as a threat. They looked at the land, they surveyed it and said, wow, there's a lot of big giants here. There's a lot of strongholds. There's a lot of things that I don't think we can overcome, even though God said that this is our land. Ten people doubted. Ten people operated out of fear. Ten people had the wrong mindset. But two people entered 
uh, spies into the land of Canaan. And they saw the land flowing with milk and honey. They saw the large grapes. They saw the promise that God wanted to give them and saw it with bright eyes. And they saw it with faith. They saw it with hope. They saw it knowing that God was on their side. They saw it with the right mindset. And so these 12 spies came back to the Israelites and they reported what they saw. 10 saw it the wrong way. Two saw it the right way. And it was the exact same land. It was the exact same situation. But there were two different ways to look at it. 10 people saw it in the wrong frame of view and two people saw it in the right frame of view. But because 10 people did not see it the right way, they were not able to inherit the promise of God. They were not able to inherit the the movement and the kingdom that God wanted to give the Israelite people because they had the wrong frame of mind. And what's funny is that if you know the story, the Israelites were in captivity in Egypt and they were praying to God. They were crying out for freedom. They were crying out, God, we need you to save us. We need you to move us out of this place of slavery, of bondage, because this is just not the life to live. And God answered their prayer and he moved them forward to the Red Sea and the Red Sea parted. He moved them forward into the wilderness and did miracle after miracle after miracle And at this moment, God said he wanted to give them the promised land, to give them the land of Canaan. And in this moment, they doubted and they feared. And although they prayed that they wanted to be free, in that moment they said, maybe it was better that we were back in the land of Egypt. Maybe it was better in our past. Maybe it was better in bondage and slavery. Get this, they thought it was better to be in bondage and slavery because it was more comfortable for them. It was more the past, what they knew was more comfortable for them. And 10 people saw the land and felt that God could not give them the victory. And therefore, they were not able to inherit the promise of God. And God had to release that generation and say, you're going to have to wait for 40 years so that the new generation can inherit the land. A new generation, the two people that believed that God could give them the land, those were the people. That was the generation that would inherit the promise. I don't want to be the generation that does not inherit the promise. We are not the church that will sit back in comfort, that will sit back and prefer bondage, prefer slavery. We've prayed for things together as a community. I've prayed for promises in my life. And at times, I've regretted what I've prayed because I want the promise, but I don't want the process that God wants to give the promise. Because God is saying yes and amen to the promise But I also have to say yes and amen to the process that God wants to give it to me. And sometimes it's not going to be comfortable because he is after my thought life. He's after my heart. He's after my emotions. And he wants me to think the way he thinks. He wants us to feel the way he feels. He wants us to believe the way he believes and see the land of promise the way that he sees it. And we cannot inherit that land unless we're able to see things the way God sees and let go of the old way, to let go of the old way in order to take hold of a greater reality. We can't ask God for his promise without yielding to his process. It's important that when we're confronted with situations like these, that we just yield, that we just surrender to comply instead of complain about what we feel like the situation looks like. Because God wants to lead us to so much more. 
He wants, us, he wants to lead us to so much more and he's not going to cater to our comfort. And if you're in a place in your life where you feel like, man, you're hard pressed, you're like the space, the walls of your life are getting tighter and tighter and tighter. I want to say that there's a great urgency. There's a great urgency in the spirit. There's a great urgency for the city to be transformed. And it may feel like things are getting more and more uncomfortable, but that's because God is saying, wake up. It's time to wake up to the reality of what I want to give you. I feel like in these days, God is trying to wake up his church to the greater reality of the kingdom. That we have to strip away the old in order to take hold of the new. That we can't stay comfortable and familiar anymore. We can't. We have to move forward. We can't back down. We have to move forward into all the things that God wants to give us. God wants to lead us forward. And he's leading us right now through his Holy Spirit. It says in his word that the, his Holy Spirit is our advocate. He's our comforter. He's the one that gives peace. He's our friend. He's our help. But in John chapter 16, verse 12 to 13, it reveals that the Holy Spirit is the one that leads us into all truth. He's the one that leads us forward. There's a forward motion to the kingdom of God. The kingdom of God moves forward. It does not shrink back. The kingdom of God has never, ever, ever shrinked back. We might feel like we're shrinking back. It might feel like the situations in our lives are, are not looking like the way we want it to, but the kingdom of God is always ever only advancing forward. That's it. That's the truth. The gates of hell will not prevail against the church. And the Holy Spirit is the one who leads us. And in John chapter 16, this is a passage that, um, that Jesus um, is about to go to the cross, but he's having a meal with his disciples. And his disciples thought that they knew what Jesus was up to. The disciples was with Jesus day after day after day, moment to moment, seeing him work and seeing him perform miracles and seeing him establish the kingdom of God here on earth. And they finally realized that this is the Messiah. They thought they knew what Jesus was doing, but they didn't actually really know. And in John chapter 16, verse 12, Jesus says this, I have much more to say to you, more than you can now bear. But when he, the spirit of truth, the Holy Spirit of truth comes, he will guide you into all the truth. He will not speak on his own. He will speak only what he hears and he will tell you what he is. He will tell you what is yet to come. So in this moment, before Jesus is about to go to the cross, Jesus said, it's time that I, that I go. And this was completely perplexing to the disciples. You have to know that they, they believe that Jesus was the Messiah. And they, they were like, what do you mean, Jesus? What do you mean you're leaving? That doesn't make any sense. You're the Messiah. You have to stay. You have to establish the kingdom. You have to save us. You have to make this world right. What do you mean you're leaving? But Jesus presents them with this situation and says that I have to go because there's something greater. There's something greater that awaits you. And that person is the Holy Spirit. And that person is going to lead you into forward motion, into all the truth, the truth of the kingdom, the beauty of the kingdom. But I have to go, even though it doesn't make sense. The disciples thought they knew what Jesus was up to, but they really didn't. And 
the implications of what God was doing was much, much larger than what the disciples thought. And I want to present to us today that the implications of the things that we experience in life are much greater than we think. God wants to do far more in and through our lives than we think. And it's all for the purpose of establishing his kingdom here on earth. It's all for the purpose of the beautiful future for the city of Vancouver. But we have to follow the lead of the Holy Spirit. He's the one that's going to lead us. He's the one that leads us into all truth. Back to the passage in Acts, 20, Acts 10. Peter thought this vision was about animals, about what we could eat and not eat. And it completely confused him. He thought the vision was about animals, but as he followed the Holy Spirit to Cornelius's house, he finally realized, wait, this isn't just about animals. It's not about what I can eat. It's not about the bacon that I can eat. This is so much bigger than what I think. It's not about animals. This is about the inclusion of more people into the kingdom of God. You see, there, there are things that God is speaking to us about. And I think that in some ways, God might be withholding knowledge and truth from us because he needs us to wait, to move through the disruptions of life, to move through the mystery, to be offended in our minds at times in order for us to take hold of the greater truth. Because I don't think that we can handle the full truth if God gave it to us right now. I don't think we could. But like the disciples in John 16, Jesus says, I have to go so that the, the Spirit can come. I have to go so that the Spirit can come. And Jesus just stops the conversation there. And he doesn't explain himself anymore. He says, there's more things that I want to tell you, but I don't think you can handle it right now. I don't think you can bear the full truth right now. And he's okay for, with their momentary confusion. And what the disciples had to do was they had to trust. They had to follow. They had to lean in while Jesus died on the cross to see that Jesus would resurrect. They had to wait and follow the movement of what God was going to do. They had to wait in the upper room. They had to wait. They had to pray. They worshiped. They gathered, but they had to wait in confusion. God didn't give it to them right away, but in that process of waiting and trusting and moving through the confusing spaces, the Holy Spirit came. And he came suddenly. And he came disruptively into the lives and into, into the lives of the disciples. And the gospel message moved forward. And Peter was preaching to the Jews. But in this passage, Acts 10, we realize that it wasn't just for the Jews. It was also for the Gentiles. There was more people that God wanted to include. And so in our lives, there are moments that we have to just wait and trust. And there's moments that just don't make any sense to us. But can we be okay with the mystery? And know that God doesn't want us to sit in the mystery for the rest of our lives. He wants to lead us into all truth. But sometimes we have to comply and be open to things that don't make sense and wait on God's timing. Because the Holy Spirit is about to break through in the city of Vancouver. And I feel like there's, there are people maybe in this room that you feel like you're having 
a Red Sea moment where you feel like God has led you all this way just to see this impossible situation, this Red Sea in front of you. But God's about, he's about to split the sea. He's about to split the sea. I just want to invite the band back up. And just take a moment to survey your life. Where is it that God wants to break in? Where, what are the situations that you feel like are impossible? That you feel like are a threat to your life, but it's actually an invitation from God. It's an invitation to enter into the greater reality of the kingdom. What are the areas that you are resisting that you're not willing to let go of? What are the areas that God is asking you to trust? To wait. To wait in expectancy. Because the kingdom of God is about to break through in your life. He's about to break through in our, in our city. But he needs you to adopt the right mindset. He's not going to allow us to move forward until we adopt the right mindset, until we see things the way that he sees it. Because if we were to have it now, we would not be able to handle it. Just take a moment to survey your life right now. In the book of Matthew, I think we all know these two stories well about Jesus in the storms. You would think that Jesus in his om omniscience would know that as he sent the disciples into the storm that a storm was going to come. That as he sent the disciples to the Sea of Galilee that a storm would come. You would think that Jesus would know that but he sent them onto the sea. And there's two stories of a storm in Matthew. In the, in the first one, Jesus is in the boat and he's sleeping. He's sleeping in the storm and the disciples are freaking out. But Jesus is unbothered. He's not disturbed. He's not confused. He's completely at peace. And the disciples wake Jesus up and Jesus says, you of little faith, you who have such a limited mindset, would you just have faith and would you not be afraid? And he speaks to the storm and the storm subsides. And the disciples say, wow, who is this man that even the waves and the wind and the storm obey his command? Who is this man? And in the second story in the book of Matthew, after this first storm story, Jesus again sends his disciples to the Sea of Galilee. But this time he, he sends them and he's not in the boat. And the storm comes and Jesus begins to walk on water. He walks on water and he calls Peter. Peter, come out. Come walk on the water with me. And he does. Peter does walk on the water. He walks onto the impossible situation. 
see this, the seas in Jewish thought and in, in, in the thought of that day, the seas weren't like a beautiful beach, glorious place that we like to see it as. The sea was mystery. The sea was chaos. That's what the sea represented for them. But Jesus calls Peter to walk upon that chaos. And Peter does, but in, in, in a split moment, he looks at the waves. He, stop, looks at, he stops looking at Jesus. He looks at the waves, begins to fear, and he sinks. But Jesus picks him up. They go into the boat, and Jesus calms the storm. And it's in this moment that the disciples say, not who is this man, but it's this time that they say, this must be the Son of God. It's in this moment that God becomes real for them. It's in this place of confusion, this place of disruption and chaos that Jesus walks on the water, walks on the chaos, and shows himself as the Son of God. It's in this moment that God becomes real. In the situations of our lives that just don't make sense, it's not a threat, it's an invitation for the truth of God to be revealed in our lives and the truth that he's alive, the truth that he is God. He wants to reveal himself in your life. So if you would just close your eyes and bow your head right now. We're just gonna pray together and posture ourselves. Holy Spirit, we thank you that you're leading us. We thank you that the hope of this kingdom is far greater than we could possibly imagine. And there's so much more that you have for us. And in this moment, would you help us to trust you? And would you reveal to us the situations and the places in our lives that show that we don't trust you? Would you correct us? Would you counsel us? Would you teach us to think the way that you think in order for us to step into all the things that you have for us, Lord? Thanks for listening to the Church Untitled podcast. Be sure to subscribe to stay up to date on our latest messages. For more about what's happening in our community, follow us on social media or visit us at churchuntitled.com.